adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Dieci cento mille, dieci cento mille. <laughs> Welcome to Rete This Way, a podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. Uh, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Uh, I will be your host this episode. Uh, and of course, as always, we have uh, Paul Lono, Baloney Mangoni. Welcome back, everybody. We have Mr. Chris Baselli. How's it going, everyone? And the man, the myth, the legend, Padju D'Angelo, Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Yeah. Um, hey, it's that's good. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in the middle of an international break, so there's not much to uh, talk in terms of Syria soccer. Um, so I guess, but we we'll won't. find something. Though. No, I guess we won't. I think we'll just wrap up in the, about the next five minutes. Good show, everybody. Good show. <laughs> hey, honestly, I. Quite honestly, I think I preferred my talking bits. I think they were the most poignant. Um, Chris actually did a lot of analysis there, which was great. Yes, yes. <laughs> quite, quite, quite. Um, okay, well, like I said, it's uh, it's a, a week where we don't really have too much uh, City Ad to worry about. So what we'll do, of course, though, is go over... Uh, the international break and uh, kind of what's happening on that front. So uh, we'll start off with a little bit of the uh, the big boys, the Italian national team. Uh, we'll talk about the the wee boys, the U21s, uh, perhaps a little bit uh, just some catching up on our listeners on, uh, on a little bit of Canadian stuff. And then, uh, of course, we'll have a few uh, just little talking points again after the break, perhaps a little bit of Serie A previews. Who, who knows? We'll get there. If Paulo allows us, we'll get there. Of course. Uh, you know, I don't want to take up all of our time discussing how, you know, shit Tonali was. Yeah, there's <laughs> no time. It, it, there's no really time <laughs> to talk about Tonali. Uh, no, and actually it's uh, one, two, three, four, about four segments in. So we'll see if uh, Paulo ends up doing it. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, again, with that, why don't we get started then? Uh, so as we said, the big boy Italian national team, they were in uh, action this week for World Cup qualifiers. Is that correct, boys? Yes, that is correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the first one uh, was Italy versus Northern Ireland. And uh, who's uh, Irish? Uh, Is anyone half Irish here? Isn't it Julie? I'm a little bit Welsh. A little Welsh. Yeah. Now nah, we'll save you if they ever take on oh. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they will. In, in the Euro group for the Euros. True. Ooh, Julian, yeah. get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll field this game because uh, because uh, I watched it. 
So Italy, <laughs> Italy won uh, two nothing against Northern Ireland. Uh, Berardi scored the first goal. Immobile scored the second one. So for the first goal, it was a lovely pass from uh, Florenzi to Berardi down the line, which released the Sassuolo player one v one versus Peacock Farrell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who who beat the keeper short side to score the opening goal. So the second goal was uh, was actually a very nice uh, passing play. It took Italy three passes to uh, to essentially finish uh, this game off. Uh, Variety started off the play with a hard pass to Insigne uh, around midfield, who then the Napoli pair turned around and played through Immobile, who once again beat Peacock Farrell on his short side. Uh, so th- this game was pretty much straightforward. Uh, Northern Ireland barely had anything going forward. Um, and to me, uh, as we'll get into the Bulgaria game, it definitely represented what Mancini said uh, at the beginning of this international break, saying that Italy's not a team that likes to maintain possession. Uh, they're uh, what I like to call by the bylines. I know you guys will laugh. Um, it, it, a, a team that likes to play, play quick possession, uh, excuse me, quick passing soccer and always look to score instead of holding on to the ball. Yes. Uh, what, what I'll add is, I mean, obviously... Everyone was expecting Italy to win, but I feel like before Mancini, games against these smaller countries, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was always nervous for them. And I, I know Italy seemed to scrape out wins against these smaller countries, and it, it would be uh, an uglier game to watch. Whereas if this game, I mean, I know it was only 2-0, but like Paula mentioned, like they, they really did dominate. Um, possession was 67%, and I know possession doesn't always tell the whole story, but... Um, you know, twelve shots to Northern Ireland's eight shots. So it it was it was truly a fun game to watch. And I at no point was I worried or stressed that you know Northern Ireland was going to snake a draw out of it or anything like that. So um, not only did they get the important three points, but they they dominated the way people would expect them to. Yeah, those are good points, and that's again something that we've seen in the past. Like you like you said, right? And and you're right. Like I always I always have that feeling, or I always have had that feeling. And now it's it's just nice to see a team that, again, almost plays with a little bit more confidence. Like it seems, it seemed like before it was almost like a little bit of hesitation and just kind of making sure that they're. And I guess maybe that's on the manager, right, to say, "Hey, this is the formation, this is the style we're playing." But at least now, again, you're going out and you're you're attacking, you're making sure that you're not uh, leaving it up to chance or i guess bonucci's defensive prowess you know if that makes sense <laughs> so again I, I like i like what you're saying chris and I, I i agree with it and i think that's probably the way that hopefully uh this team going forward again will just continue to play because again we've seen it over the past uh what is it, a year and a half now like uh, to chris's point i haven't seen this confidence since uh, marcello lippi's first uh you know first stage at uh, the italian national team yeah, that's fair. And only and, r- only Robbie Mancho could do that. <laughs> Julian? Yeah. <laughs> hey, as much as I hated his second spell at Inter, like he's obviously clearly doing something right with the national team. Um, what is it now? 23, 24 games unbeaten? After the Bulgaria so, game was just 24. Yeah, so he's closing in. I think I saw the record was 30 games unbeaten. So, yeah. hey, we'll see if he gets it. And, and the other thing, too, is this wasn't, you know, Italy's strongest 11. I know it was close to it, but, you know, no, uh, Spinazzola didn't play. We know Italy's center backs were 
you know, Bonucci and Chiellini, but they didn't really have much well, to do. What's that? Spinazzola, the Spinazzola, uh, well, and we'll get into the Bulgaria game shortly, but I'm pretty sure Spinazzola played in he, one of the two games. He, yeah. he played against Bulgaria, but Emerson yeah, yeah. played the game against the Northern Ireland. Um, okay. And then no Jorginho, as we know. So um, the fact that they were still able to put in that sort of performance with, you know, key players missing, it, it that also looks looks good for the squad. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, the this game here in particular before we move on? No, they're kind of cor- correlated with the two games because it feels like it's been like, you know, one massive game. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it, it yes, uh, because... The, it didn't change that much between, I guess, the the squad at least, right? Between the mm-hmm. second game. So let's get into that then. What happened with Bulgaria versus Italy? Paul, you take that one. Yeah, Paul, you take a stab at it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So okay, so again, once again, Italy won two nothing away to Bulgaria, which is like, which Italy have had difficulty uh, playing in Bulgaria. Uh, I know they tied two uh, two at one point. I think it was about uh, ten years ago. So again, once again, it's been a bit of a bogey team. Uh, uh, so for the first goal, Insigne played Belotti into Bulgaria's penalty box. Uh, Belotti went down under very light contact, uh, and he ins- and he converted the ensuing uh, penalty kick uh, to make it uh, one nothing. Uh, Bulgaria did cause Italy some defensive problems uh, because they're much more of a technical team than Northern Ireland. Uh, so again, it, this game was a very to me, it was important to understand uh, where some of their problems are when they do have to face uh, Switzerland, uh, who are also in their group. So, again, Bolotti could have had a second uh, penalty shot or penalty kick, excuse me, uh, and which was more of a penalty than it was the first incident, uh, but the ref played on. Uh, to me, like, the first incident was very light, uh, very minimal contact of Bolotti's leg and went down. Here, it was literally like studs to the foot and the ref played on for this one. So once again, uh, very crucial that uh, VAR is not um, in the FIFA qualifiers. So for the second goal, uh, excuse me. So Belletti had another chance, actually, uh, who, as he was played in on a quick free kick over the top, uh, and the Torino player actually tried to lob the keeper but hit the post and missed his follow-up attempt. So the second goal was uh, was created by Insigne um, from the wing, uh, who played in Locatelli, uh, who curled at far post for his second international goal. Um, so again, all four goals I want to say were created by uh, Insigne, because it was Insigne who played in um, Immobile for the second one. Excuse me, sorry, Forenzi created it. So three of the four goals were created by Insigne. So it just shows how. Uh, worth to have the number 10 in this Bulgaria game as well. Um, and definitely definitely an impact player uh, for this Italian national side. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add, and Julian, you might want to, you'll probably jump in maybe to his defense. But <laughs> uh, so as you guys know, since he started in midfield with Barella and Verratti, and b- before I go on, I just want to say, I do think he's good enough to be on this team uh, for the final 23-man squad. Um, and I think he'll have a role to play. Um, but I don't know if he merited a, a spot on this squad. And I know last week we discussed, you know, players and how much are they playing at club level and should that, you know, influence the decision. Um, 
you know, if, if it's a difference between a player, you know, playing in 20 games or 18 games, I don't think that there should be a decision there. But since he has barely played for Inter, and again, it's due to injury, not because Conte just doesn't want to play him. So I just don't know if this was the right time to bring him in. I think the next window would be ideal because then hopefully by then he's played with Inter. He's, you know, more match fit, so on and so forth. So again, I, I, I do want to end off by saying I think he is good enough and will be selected. I just didn't think this was the right time to bring him in and start him. But wasn't uh, he a starter last year for Inter? Yes. So, like, should he not be better then? He, it was a weird, it's been a weird go for Sensi. Like, he was a starter and honestly, he played very well during October 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a running joke on Inter Twitter as well. It's, it's always Sensi October 2019, usually with like a crying Jordan meme or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, but then, yeah, he just he had injury struggles, and he still never kind of regained that form. Now, of course, we obviously all want him to regain that form, but he hasn't. He's fallen out of favor with Inter, right? With uh, Barella, Brozovic, Eriksson mid, he doesn't really have all that much room to try and squeeze in a game or two. Right, and also behind the pecking order of Gagliardini <laughs> and Vidal and Vidal and, and yeah. Vidal, yeah. Uh, well, with Julian, was it so, that um, that I think he's played or he started more games than for the Italian national team than he has for Inter this season? Yeah, I think we just looked it up. I didn't even think he'd started a game for Inter, but I think you found one yes. in the Champions League that he started. No, it wasn't the champ. It was in Syria. It was against Benevento. I think it was the first, the second game of the season. Uh, second game of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's played. He made he's made thirteen <laughs> appearances for Inter this season. Started one game, and he's played. Was it three games for Italy? Started two. <laughs> just, just everyone think. About I mean, that yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I honestly, I do hope he finds his form because he can be a really effective player. But yeah, he needs to find it soon. Uh, so again, there was another point that I want to bring up. Um, we were talking about it earlier. It was the uh, it was more of the, the so this this game was more of a challenge for Italy in my opinion. Chris, you were talking about nervousness. Um, I remember so we we're watching the game in, on TLN in Canada, and uh, I do kind of miss the Italian commentators from Rye. Uh, they just bring a, a sense of like clarity and level headedness to their to their commentary. Uh, this commentary, uh, this commentator, I think, is Antonio Giorgi, who's uh, you see if you watch Syria in Canada, uh, he's usually on the halftime uh, halftime show along with Camila Gonzalez, uh, and he was saying that he was begging the Italian national team to score a second goal, uh, just like how Chris was, where, where as you were saying, that's very nervous. But even in this game, there was yes, there was a sense of nervousness and the fact that their performance deserved a second goal. But the, the but the result wasn't never beyond any doubt, even at one nothing. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree with that. Like I said, similar to the Northern Ireland game, it was only two 0 So you look at the scoreline, and you might think, okay, a fairly even game. But they they dictated the play, and I don't think any Azzurri fan was nervous at any point to think Bulgaria was gonna come away with a point. Or and for me, it was you know if Bulgaria scores and makes it one one, we're gonna go and make it two one or three one. That was just the the way I felt mm-hmm. watching them play. 
Um, over over the two, yeah. The only question I was going to ask you guys is over the two games here. Uh, what do we think has been? What was the highlight? What was the best? Uh, either if it could be a goal, it can be something specific that you saw that uh, again you enjoyed or thought was like a change of pace again. That again was a highlight for you uh, for this international break. Because honestly, in the past, I've been really kind of shitting on the international break just because you know i prefer to watch city ass soccer but at this point the league is over there's no fucking point to, <laughs> so. uh i mean highlight i guess i think locatelli's goal was obviously very well hit i think the highlight is really just summarizing the two games and saying italy clearly outclassed outperformed um you know these smaller countries and again like i said at the beginning it's not something we're used to they often have to scrape out these wins with ratty goals own goals you name it so it was good to see them truly dominate both of their opponents right uh i'll i'll jump in as well also it's it's i agree with chris locatelli did score a very nice goal also i did appreciate florenzi's pass to uh Berardi. Uh, very clean and also the finish was also very clean as well but for me it's been um, you know the talk is that they're finally usually when Italy goes in towards a major tournament it's like well are we going to get out of the the first knockout round even the group stage now it's you know this team has a shot of making you know the final four uh, and and perhaps winning it. I mean, um, I guess we can talk about it now. Is who are, you know, the other challengers? We'll we'll let Julian finish, and then we'll go back to. Um, in terms of the other challengers, or what I think about it. Oh, well, your highlight, and then we'll we'll discuss uh, what are the other challengers. Um, my highlight. I mean, from what I saw, I think it has to be that. Locatelli goal. Um, it's just, I agree. Yeah, it just kind of puts the game away, right? It's always, as you said, it's always been Italy. Like, oh, will they? Won't they? Um, it was nice to see them finally put a game to rest once and for all. I feel like it's been a long time since we've seen that. Um, and then, yeah, the teams to watch out for. I mean, there's the obvious ones are France and Belgium, in my opinion. Um, I think Spain's kind of fallen off a little bit. I know even people are saying England, they look like they'll have a half-decent squad. I don't know. What do you guys think? I was going to say France. I think, again, just based on their pedigree at this point, right? Like, they have a lot of players that are still quality and, you know, have, have won before, right? So it's that, that, I think, plays a lot into a lot of the... Um, these big tournaments is again some people just some teams i guess can just get sheepish whereas if you're if you've been there been to the dance and you're able to you know pull out some wins where again a a less experienced team might not be able to i think that helps but yeah i think your your choices i think are actually pretty spot on as well uh michael uh well while we're discussing this further could you do some research uh check when the nation league finals like the the final four is up yeah good point because it's uh nations league i, I will do that go continue yep. Ooh, uh chris um i mean you guys mentioned obviously a couple good ones i guess i would just add germany i think i mean germany are 
probably always going to be considered, but um, it's Yogi Love's last uh, major tournament, I believe, with them Mm -hmm. before he leaves. So, um, yeah, I can see the players kind of maybe going that extra mile for him because he's been with the national program. I feel like it's a decade or or getting close to it, maybe more already. So, um, and there's already a ton of talent there. So I, I think Germany has an opportunity to at least get to the semifinals and if not win the whole thing. So he was, uh, your glove was um, Klinsmann's assistant. S- assistant in 2006. Yeah. And he took over after that tournament for the Euros? See, I thought 2008 is when Germany shit the bed at the Euros. And then after that, they hit the reset button. No, on... that was 2004. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. So 2008 makes sense. So yeah. Uh, yeah. More than 10 years already. So there you go. Which is very uh, rare, especially at the international level. Yeah, because usually what they rotate after essentially any major inter- international tournament, right? Yeah, World Cup cycle and they're gone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if anyone mentioned Portugal. Uh, technically, they are the reigning champions uh, for the Euros. Um, and I, I would add Portugal to the list. So we mentioned England, Portugal, France, Germany, Belgium. I wouldn't include Spain in this list. Uh, I think they're in a rebuilding process. Uh, they don't have like the major talent that they had ten years ago. You know that included uh, Xavi, uh, Iniesta, but and... they do have Morata, who did score against Greece. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> um, who will, so probably will not be on Juventus for any time longer. But anyway. uh, hey, we'll see. Um, yeah. So just to uh, wrap that up, then again, Nations League finals is uh, October six to ten, and again okay. we have the, obviously the teams were Italy, Spain, Belgium, and France. Yeah. So, so again, that's that's a pretty good grasp on. Well, except for Spain, maybe if Paulie, you're saying they're shit, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing I want to add to Chris's point about uh, Joachim Lowe is uh, whether or not we'll see. What did he? Didn't he smell his butt crack once? Remember no, he, was it that? No, was that he? He picked his nose and nah, ate it or something. I think he. I think it was his butt. I'm pretty sure he picked his butt and like smelled it or something. Anyway, <laughs> some some bad habits on the sidelines. I, I guess that's what happens when you can't smoke anymore on the sidelines. I'm I'm not making any excuses for that. But <laughs> I'll, I'll see if uh, I can I'll, find it. Actually, yeah, yeah before... there it is. Oh no, it's yeah. He sniffs his balls and ass is what YouTube <laughs> says. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but actually, before Michael, before we wrap up and move on to the U21s, uh, Italy th- uh, do play Lithuania on March 31st. Uh, so just some squad notes for that. Uh, Florenzi and Verratti were sent home uh, for minor injuries. Kilini, Verratti, and Caputo were also sent home. Uh, Grifo did not travel to Lithuania because of travel restrictions and returned to Germany. So the most likely the squad against Lithuania will probably be Sirigu, Di Lorenzo, Bastoni, Mancini, Emerson, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Locatelli, uh, Piscina, Bernardeschi, Immobile, and St- Stefan Elshawari. We'll see how, how many of them I get right, but most likely I'll want to say 8 out of the 11. Most likely we'll start. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, sorry, when is that again? March 31st. March 31st. So Wednesday, I believe. Wednesday this week. I, I made yeah. a mistake. I said, well, last you guys said Wednesday for the first game. Uh, but I did say March 25th. I Again, 
since uh, since the pandemic, it's been like one long ass day. So yeah, there's no excuses. Um, unfortunately, you're gonna have to pay for your mistake, uh, whether that's uh, by cooking for us all, perhaps. Yeah, when um, uh, after, when after I get so my far, vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, again, that's the uh, that's a little bit of a preview for the upcoming game this week. Uh, so we're not uh, quite in the clear yet for uh, City Ass Soccer, but it's coming soon. Very, very soon. Just one more week, people. One more week. Yay. Yay. Uh, well, no, no, never mind. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying boo I was saying boo Yes, quite. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's uh, one up before break. Why don't we do a little uh, U twenty one then roundup? Um, Paulo, do you want to take that? Uh, yeah, as I'll well? feel that because I watched. Uh, I watched. Mo- I watched most of the games. Both of did games, you do? Actually. Can I ask you a yeah. question? Did, did you do anything else uh, this week, or did you only watch? Like, did you only watch soccer? Like, you didn't even go to the grocery store. You did nothing else. Is that? Um, that sounds about right. Uh, it's probably like again like every time there was so again it was uh wednesday thursday i watched soccer uh saturday sunday soccer and then i'll probably do the same tuesday wednesday soccer interesting yeah so yeah that's that's pretty much it like you know uh instead of watching you know made the major uh excuse me instead of watching the fifa world cup qualifiers i watched the 21s play okay uh, okay, so uh, the uh, Italy started off their UEFA U21 group stage. So how this worked is the group three group stage games are going to be played in this international break, and then on May 31st, June 6th, it's going to be the knockout stage. So Italy tied their first game against the Czech Republic 1-1. Scamacca opened the scoring. And then Marquisa uh, scored an old goal in the 75th minute. So in this game, Italy picked up two red cards. Uh, Tanali was sent off for a stomp, which was, which was again, if you watch the replay, people, there was no need to do it. Uh, you Like, the ref, like, immediately said, I saw what you did. Because, again, he was nervous, uh, probably agitated by what happened. Because, you know, Italy were, were struggling during that moment of time. Um easily could have jumped over the player but again uh, there's an old trick where you jump and then you land and then you jump again that's exactly what Tonali did um Italy most likely will appeal uh the suspension but again he was suspended for three games because it was a straight red card uh, Marquita was also sent off uh late in stoppage time for I believe a second yellow card um so that was the first game um uh, before we get on again, uh, I don't know, Chris, if you had anything to add about Tonali. I know, I know, you were saying on Twitter saying that he was sent home to Milanello for early. Um, he did it on purpose. No, I don't think he actually did it on purpose to get sent home early. But it, it was <laughs> it was a stupid tackle, and uh, if it's if it stays at three games, uh, I don't think anybody should be complaining. Yeah. So the second game was a zero-zero draw against Spain. Uh, Italy picked up another two red cards in this game. I'd never seen that before uh, in a, in a, again, in an international <laughs> tournament or a tournament itself. Um, two straight games, four red cards. Um, so Skamaka was sent off for an errant arm to the face. Again, it wasn't, it was a soft red card. Uh, maybe it could have been a yellow. I think it was, I can't really, I, I think, I don't, I'm not sure if it was a straight, I think it was a straight red card. 
Um, and then, actually, the Spanish player who he hit in the face got a second yellow for, was it headbutting Rovella, who, again, made the most of it and fell, and he got a second yellow as well. So there was a span in a span of two minutes where three players got sent up. Okay. I, again, I've never seen that before. Like, very rarely have I seen that before. Again, it was a, it was a weird game to watch. Um, and again, so that it was a, again, the result was good because Spain, I want to say Spain dominated that game. Italy had their chances to score, but it was, it was all Spain in this game uh, who dominated. So, but Italy holds their own faith in their own hands. Uh, Spain has four points. The Czech Republic has scored one extra goal uh, than Italy. So they're right now they're currently in second, uh, second spot. Uh, Italy has two points as well. And Slovenia has one point. So essentially, in my opinion, uh, Italy holds the advantage because they play Slovenia uh, and then the Czech Republic spa- uh, play Spain. Uh, and this is on again on Wednesday. Uh, Chris, I know I, I sent you the tiebreakers. Can you like decipher that? Because what I, I what I don't understand is why is it head to head instead of, you know, overall goal difference? I think that the main reason they go that route is just that if, if there's one team in the group that's poor and like, let's say it's Moldova and Italy smashes them eight nil, but somebody only two nil, they don't want to factor that into whether or not the top two teams should go through. They, they just want to look at how, how did they do against each other before they look at how they did overall in the group. So I know depending on the event, depending on the year, not everybody's affected the same, but I think that's the logic. Okay. What they should do is have, you know, like someone like Paulo who just decides, you know what, this team is better than that team, so they're first, right? That's <laughs> an independent adjudicator, is that what you're saying, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So from from what I understand is so Italy has played or tied the Czech Republic one one. Uh, I believe Italy was the away team for that. So I, I guess, again, I, I guess it will moves into that uh, category of overall goal difference, right? Chris? Sorry, say that again. It cut out for me. So the Czech Republic tied Italy 1-1. Yeah. Uh, so again, they're even on goal difference head-to-head, correct? Yes. I don't have so, it standing in front of me, but yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. So uh, I know the Czech Republic has scored... Uh, one one more goal. So they have they have two goals for and two goals against. So I think that the the next goal difference or uh, tiebreaker is goals scored. Correct? Okay, like you have to what, correct what, me on that. Yeah, but yeah. within within the team that you're tied with, not okay, within the head the to head group. Yeah, the head to head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then it so goes se- to yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah. Essentially, they they just break down the the tie between. The, sorry, the the points and the goal scored and all that between the two teams that are tied, and then they open it up to the group. So if the two teams drew each other, the two teams that are tied top of the table, it kind of wipes out the first three or four tiebreaker points, and then it moves to how you did in the entire group. Okay. So moral of the story, Italy needs to win against Slovenia to go into the no- uh, knockout stage, uh, which is, once again, May 31st to June 6th. Michael? Good. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, 
if that's uh, all, Paulo, why don't we um, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, when we come back, we'll go over a few more agenda items. But again, hey, that's uh, we're already halfway done the battle this uh, this podcast. There you go. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Discoteca. I cannot keep a straight face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know everyone was uh, quite content with that. Um, so, uh, ciao, sono io, uh, by Sandro Bit is what it says here. Another FIFA 2005 um, classic. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, let's. Uh, why don't we stop beating around the bush here and just get to what really matters, and that's. Uh, Canada men's national team. Why don't we talk about that quickly and then we'll move on from it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll milk it. No, no, no. Uh, So, yeah, both the senior men's national team and the under-23s are in action. Uh, The under-23s, of course, are involved in the Olympic qualifiers, or I should say were. They lost uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, to Mexico, I think the final score was 2-0, um, and that was the semifinal for that. So no opportunity for that group to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, and then the senior national team is in the World Cup, World Cup qualifying uh, third round right now. Um, and essentially, if they win their next match, this is Canada against uh, Suriname, Suriname. Uh, they'll win their group, uh, which will let them progress to another playoff. And then if they win that playoff, they qualify for what used to be called the hex. It's now the octagon. So eight teams. And then there's an eight team playoff to determine the three guaranteed CONCACAF spots. Um, so to sum it all up, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they are, they are doing well and they're on the path to progress to the next stage of uh, CONCACAF World Cup. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that they still haven't reached the hex yet? Like the next stage is not the hex yet? No, so that they have to win their current group. Um, there's, there's six groups right now. Yeah, six groups. Um, if you win your group, then you go the six group winners uh, are paired off. And then those three winners um, get pushed into the octagon uh what, what used to be the hex so we may or may not see alfonso davies at this world cup to be determined yeah <laughs> but we will uh, see him my money at the next world yes cup. <laughs> yes that that's guaranteed michael Byron, yes. and why is that by an injury but anyway um well it's because canada somehow managed to sneak in a hosting gig Yes, quite. Don't ask me how. Probably money. <laughs> plenty. Exactly. 
plenty of money was involved. Maybe 2022 <laughs> was just so corrupt. They're like, hmm, let's go the furthest possible <laughs> country away from corruption. I know, Canada. <laughs> Along with, was it Mexico and the United States? Yeah. Yeah. And North American, but yeah. 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 Maybe that, that theory doesn't make much sense. Maybe just to throw the scent off of the United States and Mexico, they said, hey, why don't we include Canada? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I do not think they're going to qualify for this. This World Cup, but they could, and that's okay, what's again, important. Canada, since the hex was been put in place, Canada has never qualified for a World Cup. I mean, we've only been to one, right? So, exactly, yeah. yeah. So we shall see. It, it'll be again. Uh, Mexico are obviously the favorites. Uh, the U.S. and Costa Rica are also going to be there. So, and it's only the top three that get guaranteed spots. Fourth has to go through another play play in. So, it, it'll which be tough, like, but we'll see. Which is what against. Oceana, or the, the... Uh, I I'm not sure. It might fluctuate depending on the coefficients and all that bull crap. Oh. It's honestly Concacaf's <laughs> qualifying system is is way too complicated compared to UEFA, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And plus, like, the, well, do they know, make it even more complicated with that with the octagon instead of the hex? Not really. They just increase the 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 number of teams in that final stage from six to eight, okay. uh, which I'm sure it's it... money related. Yeah, which also makes it harder for a, a country like Canada to move on to that final round. Yeah. To, get in, to get into the yes. top three, I should say. Yeah. Of, the, of this quote-unquote octagon. <laughs> Fucking retarded. Sounds like we're watching an MMA fight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on. <laughs> Enough talk about Canada. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Anyways, what I was going to say is that, of course, uh, Chris, like you said, first, second, third, etc. First, we know is the worst, so we're not going <laughs> to finish first. Second is the best. I mean, that'd be nice. Uh, third is the one with the hairy chest. Is that what they say? Yeah, that's what the kids say. <laughs> oh, what, do, what do they say about fourth? Fourth, uh, you qualify against Oceana. <laughs> uh, well, that's and that's that's a rule. So yeah. there you go. What the hell was that? Shut up. Okay, let's uh, continue on here. Um, so, great roundup of that. Why don't we move into, I guess, our uh, Who Am I? I Don't Know for the week. Uh, so, actually, yeah, let's first introduce it this way. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Chris, take it All away. right, so last week, uh, hint number one for everybody. It was, uh, this player has been managed by Marco Giampaolo, Rudy Garcia, and Sinisa Mihailovic. Hint number two, this non-Italian player has been in Serie A for more than five seasons and is now with his third Serie A club. And hint number three, this player is a goalkeeper who has been teammates with Costas Manolas and Federico Di Marco. And the answer was goalkeeper Lucas Skorupski of uh, Bologna. Yay! 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 And uh, do we want to go right into the discussion, Mike? Or uh, you know what? It's up to Paulo. Paulo always says what we're doing here. So Paulo, go. For I it. I say let's do the discussion. All right. So okay. let's let's not let's skip the discussion, and we'll go. No, let's skip the discussion. And go to break. No, of course. Um, <laughs> so I I I don't have the listener's name here. I don't know if uh, any of you guys. Know. Brian is it Brian? Johnson? We're, we're going to go with Brian. We're going to go with Brian. So Brian got our uh, Who Am I 
hints uh, correct. And so his question for us this week uh, is essentially regarding um, agent and player relationships. Um, he kind of referenced Rayola when he messaged us. Uh, for those who you know aren't aware or for a refresher, uh, Donnarumma is obviously one of Rayola's clients. And the rumors right now are that Rayola is demanding um, exceptionally high agent fees. And uh, so Brian is, is kind of asking us if we think that uh, Rayola's commission demands are hurting Donnarumma's renewal. Um, and, you know, and, and is he hurting his clients, um, you know, with these outrageous uh, demands? So um, I don't know who wants to start us off there, but. Uh, well, a Milan fan should start it off now. I mean, I could, yeah, I'll speak directly to Donnarumma's case. Uh, I mean, I've, I've hated Rayola since the last Donnarumma extension. Um, I think, yeah, I think him making these outrageous demands is going to hurt his clients. Um, eventually, you're going to have some clubs, you know, somebody like Adi Laurentiis, who's just the stubborn of the stubborn. And he's going to say, if you're a Rayola client, I'm, I'm not signing with you because I don't want to deal with that idiot. So um, at the end of the day, there will be, you know, the Madrids and the Bayerns that will pay the fees no matter what. But um, I think it kind of leaves a sour taste in everybody's mouth when, when they hear what he's trying to do. I mean, to give, uh, I'll take the other, the opposite side here. Uh, give real credit. I mean, he isn't, you know, best paid agent in the world and uh, he must be exceptionally exceptionally good at his job as well because he keeps getting high class talent. Uh, I believe, let's say, I think three of them, three biggest examples are Halan, Donnarumma, Pogba. Uh, and all those three players, you could argue that, you know, they're the best in their position. And you, he, forgot, and he's... you forgot to mention Romagnoli. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna ignore that. Uh, <laughs> and and to me, it's it, it it says something that all these players still want to be attached with him, uh, even though he you know asks for extremely high uh, aging fees. And um, so it, it it says something. It says something is what I'm trying to say. So, but for that. Paulo, like they don't pay the fees. Like they, he gets paid by the clubs when they sign him. Like that's that's part of like what they negotiate, mm-hmm. right? That's at least what I what I understand mm-hmm. from it. So I mean, like, what do the players care? I guess it's just that he has influence with these clubs. It, it, it makes sense if, like, again, at Juventus, for example, Real does have a lot of like um, really good relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that if you're a player who might want to go play there, yeah, I mean, use use him. But, I mean, we saw, you know, like Jorge Mendez, mm-hmm. right? He was, uh, I mean, he's still a Ronaldo's agent. So, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I don't know if it's a thing about, you know, whether or not it's a detriment to these players. Like, I feel like Ronaldo can play wherever he wants. Like, whether or not this guy gets paid by the club is, is, doesn't really matter. Um, I think their their job is uh is about networking and if they have the network they kind of deserve to influence the network as much as they want like it's their network you know mm-hmm. i think too what's it i'm pretty certain that 
when there's a player transfer, like I don't know if agents get a cut of that fee, right? Like that's just from club to club. So it's it's in almost in the interest of agents for their players to not get transferred. Uh, now maybe there's a clause in, in their contracts that says, you know, if you get transferred, I get. Actually, no. But then again, the, the transfer fee is from club to club. So I was going to say because then it's in the interest of the agent to not have his player get transferred to run out his contract and then to go to a new club and say, my, my player will sign with you, but I want X million of dollars to, for his rights. Right? Well, isn't that what he's doing to Milan? Yes, no, exactly. So that, that goes back to my point before where clubs at some point may say to hell with your clients, because when we want to come and transfer this player to profit off of him or whatever the case is, you're just going to run out his contracts so that you can make, five to ten million dollars with another club um and, so yeah and that's what and that's what he did to uh manchester united the first time when sir alex ferguson was there with pogba yeah mm-hmm. so i and I, and again like uh like you guys said he's obviously very good at his job because players keep going back to him and obviously he's able to secure wages that are you know, in line with what these players are looking for. I just think at some point, if he keeps pissing off the wrong people, there will be a club or a, a board, whatever, that just says, fuck Rayola. We're not signing any players that are linked with him. Um, well, another another issue may be is that, you know, the clubs could also band together and lobby FIFA to remove agent fees from uh from any transfer uh transfer fees between clubs as well which is uh one of the discussions that i've heard and also you know obviously rayola had a comment on that he wasn't very <laughs> very course. pleased and and we all know that he's also been uh accused of uh funneling money as well and <laughs> so of course you know th- th- there's there's a certain limit to your actions before they come back and bite you in the ass is what I'm saying. Yeah. What, what is odd, I think is just this whole structure of how these deals, et cetera, like take place because again, it, it almost like, I don't mean to come off crude, but it almost is like these players are like being traded, like, you know, Cattle. Like human trafficking, yeah, it's like a, or like cattle. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very, it's very, um, I guess, just like off-putting if you think about it that way. Which is like, I don't know. That's it. It's just it, it is what's happening, right? Like they're going in, they're selling these players to other people, and like they own their rights, etc. Uh, it's it's not quite the same, at least from what I can tell, uh, with like North American, for example agents and and player agency stuff right is that fair yeah to say? i mean in, in north america i think the the standard is that the agents get a, a certain percentage i feel like it's three percent maybe five percent of uh your salary so whether your player gets traded or they're a free agent right. um there's not really any benefit for them so it changes their agenda i guess so to speak right uh, also, you know, the system of buying and selling players is a very old system in Europe. I mean, it, it this started, uh, you know, like a hundred years ago as well when, when they started actually paying fees 
to uh, purchase the rights to sign players from from other clubs. And the only and and the only change to major changes to the system in the last you know fifty years was the Bosman rule, which is quote unquote the free agency rule, and uh, financial fair play, which again they will change at the end of what at the end of this cycle uh, due to the, the economic damages of COVID. So again, this 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 buying and selling that we're that we're talking about is ingrained in European uh, football. Colonization. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Julian, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just gonna say like Raiola. He's he's kind of in a league of his own though. Like he is powerful enough at this point where he can kind of do what he wants, and like he has his players, and they'll. Basically, if one team is not listening to him, he'll go to another team. And I think that's what he does. Um, but, I mean, we've seen <laughs> Juan De Nara try and do stuff like that. And Inter basically just told the Cardi to fuck off and showed him mm-hmm. the door. It took Pepe Marotta coming in to do that, but that's eventually what happened. Um, and I know just another Inter player off the top of my head, Milan Skriniar actually fired his agent when he was negotiating with Inter because he... His agent was trying to shop him to other teams, and he basically said no. So, and then just to that fired to him. that point to that point, I think that's that's more along the lines of what the question is, right? Like, at what point does going against what the clients, I guess, what exactly was the the phrasing of it? Uh, yeah, I'll have to bring it up here. Just give me a second. Um, yeah, uh, Arreola's commissions demands hurting Donnarumma's renewal, uh, and has he ceased uh, to serve his client? Yeah. There you go. Like, as he ceased to serve his client, right? And I, fe- I feel like in that specific example, Julian, with Skriniar, like, that's exactly what happened, right? He's not doing what Skriniar would like to do. He's just doing what is the <laughs> for the best of his, I guess. Yeah, he was uh, looking out for his own interest. Yeah, and, like, I get that too. But, like, you have to obviously uh, – you're literally there representing the player. You're not representing yeah. uh, and, the money. Yeah, Maybe just yeah. To, to tie this all together, like, to go back to Donnarumma um, – if Milan finished top four, I don't see any reason why Rayola needs to be a hard ass and try and shop Donnarumma around. And that's where, and I'm glad you brought up the Skriniar example, Julian, because that's where I would hope Donnarumma eventually puts his foot down and says, look, I'm the number one goalkeeper here. I can be the number one goalkeeper here for the next 15 years. Um, I'm playing Champions League football. Um, you know, hopefully they're still, you know, in competing for the Scudetto next season. Blah, blah, blah. So at that point, like, why do you need to leave? And why do you need to cause all this drama and confusion between the club and the player and the supporters and all that? So, uh, Chris, I'm glad you brought that up. So am I. <laughs> because, uh, you know, there was uh, a hilarious report uh swirling around today. God, it's like a that... BuzzFeed of Calcio. It's not a report. <laughs> 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 that um, Buffon may be an idea if Donnarumma does leave. So let's say uh, you know Donnarumma refuses to, to resign. Most likely can get a better contract at Juventus. So in that theory is uh, is Rayola damaging Donnarumma's interest by refusing to, to resign with Milan? Probably not because he can get a better contract uh, at Juventus. So, to my point, so the reason why I tie this in is because Buffon might move to Milan to replace Donnarumma if he does leave. That'll never happen. So, uh, 
<laughs> but uh, hypothetically speaking, now that this report is out, uh, so who who knows? I mean, I, he can probably steal the number one job from uh, Wojciech Chesney uh, next season. So I mean, are we are we really saying that Rayola in this case is damaging his client's interest? Probably not. Yeah, and I guess at that point too. I mean, Chris, I I don't mean to, uh, I guess, just beat down <laughs> Milan, but like, it is maybe that's in the end what he wants to do. Like, I don't know if he wants to leave, but if he is choosing to, like, by his actions, he's staying with if he stays with Rayola, et cetera, and he ends up leaving. Like, that's his choice to do that. He wants to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just like Screener fired his agent. That's those are the options that you have, uh, because otherwise, again, they'll represent you into the ground, and then you're, you know, next next thing you know, you're playing for PSG because no one else wanted you. No, go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, no, no, that's it. Like, that was really again. It, it's it comes down to, I think, ultimately, what that player wants to do, specifically Donnarumma. If if he does in fact want to stay at Milan, he'll find a way to stay at Milan, but it makes you believe perhaps that that isn't the case. He, he is trying to get what he wants in terms of salary demands, et cetera, but he's willing to go elsewhere. Yeah. And I, back to Julian's point with, you know, Rayola being in a class of his own, he, he'll, he'll go and he'll leak. I'm using air quotes here, you know, leak reports that Juve are going to offer him what he wants and PSG are going to offer him what he wants. I'm sure. So that mm-hmm. it's, he hopes to pressure Milan into signing him to whatever it is that he wants. But, um, yeah, I, I guess my opinion of Rayola will be influenced heavily by whether or not Donnarumma resigns. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Fair. My last question for you, though, is is he worth the contract that he's... No, demanding? no goalkeeper is. Whether you think Donnarumma or Neuer is... The, whoever you think is the best goalkeeper in the world, I don't, I don't think they're, they're, they're worth that. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I think goalkeepers are extremely... Important. We've all seen strong teams, you know, with mediocre goalkeepers uh, and mediocre teams with strong goalkeepers, and how that all works together. But um, yeah, I think the wages um, are are excessive, and of course, the agent commission fee is even more ridiculous. So I would say no. Okay, it was a trick two part mm-hmm. question. So the second part of that is you said no goalkeeper yep. would be worth that. Buffon, if it was if if today was. Yeah. 15 years ago would he would he be worth that that those demands if that's what he was asking no like i i i just don't think any again i, I don't it's gonna come across as me saying goalkeepers are not valuable and shouldn't get paid as much but and 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 that's exactly the only clip we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna cut out here is chris saying goalkeepers are not valuable. um i just uh... I don't think they, they can't influence the game as much as everyone else. And I know there's, you know, they're, they're one of 11 and this, this, and that. I, I just, that's just kind of my take on the goalkeeper position. Uh, yeah. So um, answer is still no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Paulo and Julian at the same time, just wrap us up so we can move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, Julian, I'll go first. Um no, at the same <laughs> time, I said. No. Julian will just um, mumble while you... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so for me, uh, of course, Michael, I probably also speak for you uh, in the sense that Buffon is 42 years old. Uh, Chesney is, let's say, not 
at that upper echelon of goalkeeper that is required at Juventus, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not saying he's a terrible goalkeeper, but like I said, he's not at the higher level that Buffon was 10 years ago. And, you know, you if you have this opportunity to bring in a goalkeeper uh, who is, you know, 21 and who you can, you can sign to a five-year contract and you can get him for uh, the best years of his career, I, I do it in a heartbeat, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're asking me if I agree with you, uh, 100%. Like, I, I think that's, that's a no-brainer because, again, you're, you're finally you're, – you're making a move in a position that – I mean, Chris's point, like, they, they, don't, they don't need a, a lot of uh, – sorry, they don't get a lot of attention. There, there's a certain, I guess, a limit to their ability of impacting a game. But, again, if you have the best shot stopper uh, at, like you said, Paul, at the peak of his career – like that's that's nothing to disregard, and I think again bringing that like just shoring up all those positions that again over the past three seasons have kind of been fading uh, in in I guess priority that will definitely help them in terms of uh, dethroning uh, whoever ends up winning this year out of uh, with an asterisk <laughs> out of the COVID year. Wouldn't last year also be a COVID year? <laughs> Shut up. Julian, yeah, yeah. I'll keep it quick. Ultimately, I honestly still think he'll resign with Milan. I think this is all just a uh, song and dance to try and get him some more money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, hey, it worked last time. I think it's going to work again. Yeah. I think as Milan, you have to give him what he wants. He's kind of your face of your team right now well it's Ibra but that's only there for another year exactly that's the whole point like he's 21 Donnarumma is and you're other than that your best player is a 40 year old (laughs) that's not sustainable even though well I mean I still think they have anyways we can debate that for a long time they have good players elsewhere but yeah Michael uh, no, I got nothing else to add. Uh, I hope he uh, either just demands so much money that it, it kind of cripples Milan's ability to do anything or he goes to Juventus and succeeds. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's a good summary, Michael. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, that was our, uh, again, a great discussion. So thanks, uh, thanks for that, uh, th- that great question. Um, so next up, I guess, Chris, you have a new, uh, who am I? I don't know for the listeners. We, yeah, we have a new one for this week. So hint number one for this week, this player has played for four Serie A clubs. Hint number two, his first Serie A goal was against his parent club. And hint number three, this player captained the Azzurini. So the Italian, uh, youth squads. Under wow. 21, yes. Well, that was, you didn't wow. have to give away that specific. Yeah, you. That's idiot. what the Azzurini is. <laughs> Are the under 17s not Azzurini as well? Is Azzurini no, not is a it? general term for. Azzurini. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep adding eyes, I guess, at the end. Eh? Um, okay, well, if, if Azzurini is specific to the under 21s, then you all got a nice little bonus hint from Paula. Indeed. You cluck. 
you'll clap. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So that's the um, that's the listeners. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Great, great stuff. Um, Okie dokie. Uh, why don't we? Why don't we just do this then? Why don't we take a last break? Um, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap up the show. We'll do some a little preview of uh, what's to come in week. 29 match day 29 of syria and then uh hey we'll just have a little fun of our own why don't we do a little uh who am i don't know for ourselves uh so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back some late podcast tunes this this we can go to the gym <laughs> with this and pump ourselves up pretty good i think say yes paulo's probably flickering the lights in his basement she kiss i Chissà che sarà di noi Lo sto vivendo Lo sto vivendo Good stuff Good friggin' stuff Okay um, We're back uh, Welcome back to the end of the podcast here uh, So I guess we're going to finish off with Just a quick uh, preview of what's to come uh, This weekend and uh aside from that we're 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 kind of just done so let's uh let's wrap it up with a little uh little fun of our own but let's uh, first why don't we do just a quick preview paulo why don't you again as always take it away okay thank you michael all right so all of this weekend's syria games will be played on saturday uh i don't know if you guys agree with me but i've listed off five games to watch uh, milan sampdoria at 6:30 a.m. eastern time or in central europe uh, which would be 12.30 Central European time. Uh, two games at 9 a.m. or 3 o'clock Eastern, excuse me, Central European time. Roma Sassuolo and Benevento Parma. And, of course, the Derby della Mole at noon Eastern, 6 p.m. Italian time. And to round off the Saturday, it's Bologna Inter at 2.45 or 8.45 Eastern, excuse me, Central European time. All right, so the reason why uh, I listed off these games as well is because um, squad notes are, are quite important. Uh, Milan could be getting uh, Rebic back um, if he's healthy because his suspension for telling the ref to go fuck himself was <laughs> cut in half. Uh, so that's very important to Milan because I know they've been having, Chris can talk more to this, but they've been having uh, injury, an injury crisis up front. So, Chris, uh, you can probably get more details to that. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. But, yeah, having Rebic back will definitely help. Uh, Leal has also not been in the best form recently. And as we know, Ibra is just coming back. So uh, it will be nice to have some more options. I still think Rebic is better as a winger. Versus Krunic, who I've 
uh, expressed my concerns with him playing as a winger. So, yeah, having Rebic back will help regardless of which role Pioli puts him in. And also, uh, Simtor has been a very uh, tough team to crack uh, or a very difficult team to play against. They're not a pushover. Uh, they beat Torino one nothing, with a goal from Julian's favorite player, Antonio Kandreva. So, uh, and plus... <laughs> Plus, uh, always playing at the in the early game on, on the weekend is very challenging for the favorites. Uh, it's usually when they can slip up. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's why I put this game as the, one of our games to watch. So the next game. Uh, so next, some squad notes for Roma Sassuolo. Uh, Kambula is out for the rest of the season because he picked up a knee injury uh, during the international break. Uh, for Sassuolo, it's their first game in three weeks. And it's also question marks surrounding the fitness of Caputo and Berardi. Uh, next on the list is Benevento Parma. So again, uh, Benevento could pull 13 points ahead of Parma in, in the league standings. Pretty much, let's say, quasi-condemning uh, Parma to Serie B with a win for Benevento. Uh, also, squad notes for uh, Trino Juventus. Uh, Dybala and Alexandra are back in training. Uh, again, especially after uh, Michael, what was the result? Like I don't remember because like it feels like it's been like three weeks ago now. They lost. That's right. They lost one. I think the Benevento. Right? How can I forget yeah. that? <laughs> I was just so, about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Were you talking about Porto? Were you talking about? There's been lots. I got a long list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, Benev- uh, Excuse me. Uh, Dybala and Alexandro back in training is a boost to morale for. And Juventus fans, so we'll see how that plays out in the Derby della Mole. Uh, and of course, Bologna Inter, uh, league leaders' first game in three weeks because of a COVID outbreak. Uh, only Hendanovic is fit to return, and also Skorupski picked up uh, COVID on the international break, so he will be out for Bologna. Uh, Julian, any news on that front? Um, as far as I know, no. Um, like you said, I think Hendanovic is the only one expected to be back, so they'll still be without DeVry, D'Ambrosio, and Vecino. Um, and I do know, obviously, the Italian Nationals aren't joining, I think, until the Thursday or Friday. So they may rotate the squad slightly, um, but knowing Conte, I don't think he will. And again, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and also, uh, because it's returned to international break, so who knows? There may be a couple surprises, uh, you know, God willing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so these, those are the five games to look out. So just to recap, Milan-Sampdoria, Roma-Sassuolo, Benevento-Parma, Torino-Juventus, and Bologna-Inter. And again, there are no games on Sunday because it's Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Michael? K- kiss the fetch and Easter weekend. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Uh, okay, great, uh, great little preview. Um Let's uh, let's move on to uh, Serie B minute. Uh, Just quickly, l- l- it's, it's literally going to be thirty three less than a minute, and then we can do, and then we can have our own fun. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so again, so because of Easter weekend, all the Serie B games we played on Friday, uh, five games that I picked out because the guys don't watch Serie B. Uh, Frozen Owner versus Reggiana, so it'll be Fabio Grosso's first game in charge after he's replaced. Alessandro Nesta, uh, our beloved Piscara play Pisa, uh, Cremonese host Empoli, Lecce host Salernitana, and Antella host Monza. So quick recap, uh, recap 
of the uh, Serie B table. Empoli, 59 points. Lecce, 52. Salernitana, 51. Monza, 50. Venezia, 49. Cittadella, 45. Spal, 45. Chievo, 44. In 16th place, it's Cosenza at 29. Reggiana at 29. Ascoli, 28. Piscara, 23. And Entella, 21. Michael. Great. Thanks. Uh, when you said that uh, Grosso was replacing Nesta, I'm just trying to find uh, to see if he replaced him in the squad when he got hurt in 06. Because that would just be funny. No, that was, but, uh, that was Matarazzi. No, Matarazzi. Matarazzi replaced him on the pitch because like, Nesta was obviously going to start. But I'm assuming they removed... Grosso was, Grosso was the first... Uh, no, okay, guys, okay, okay. Nesta played the first game, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. He got injured after the first game during training, if my memory serves me correct. Matarazzi uh, played the rest, and then it was the quarterfinals where he was suspended because he got the red card in the round of 16. And then he played the rest. Because Brzezagli played the game against Ukraine when they went 3 nothing. Wait, say that again? What, what did you say? I said Barzagli played the game. No, before that. That Matarazzi was suspended for the round of 16. Yeah. I, yeah, he got how a red you, card. How do you remember this? Yeah, man, this is common knowledge. <laughs> Italy coach Marcello Lippi has limited options in defense, given that Nessa's replacement, Marco Matarazzi, will miss the quarterfinal due to suspension of all yeah. his red card against Australia. Exactly. Because <laughs> the knee, hold on, the knee, help. Uh, was it he elbowed someone? No, Durossi was the elbow. Yeah, Durossi was the elbow. Yeah, I was gonna say Dur- I remember Durossi, but that's it. See, I think he took out Tim Cahill. I think I feel like that's what the red card was. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways. Um. Yeah, that's it. The yeah. little tangent. Um. Okay. So just do. Uh. I guess we're gonna get back into our who am I? I don't know. Um. Who am I? I don't know. Or who am I? I don't know hats here. Uh, and give a little bit of an update on a hint that we gave. And again, hey, you know what? We have we reserve the right to give hints that... Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you update uh, our fans' um, uh, who am I hint? Yeah, so the hint number three uh, before the break was that this player captained the Azzurini. Uh, he captained, uh, which age group was it? It wasn't the under-21s as we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that because, well, is it possible? Like, are people going to go through it and, like, I don't know. It, that's what makes it kind of hard to, well, well, What we'll say then is that the amendment, the little amendment there is that he, he captained one of the Italian youth teams once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> It was one game where he was a captain. One time. So we don't want one people time. thinking this was a, a long-serving captain. But So in light of uh, this uh, little change, we're going to add a fourth or, or a bonus hint, which is that this player uh, played at some point with Saponara and with Krunich. There you go. There we go. So, so that's the extra extra hint for who am I, I don't know, this week. That's it. And uh, I guess time to move on to this week for you three to uh, 
Hopefully. We're going to lose. And you know what? The only – my guess off the bat before you even say anything yeah. is Paulo mentioned Kendreva, so it's probably Kendreva. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do have a knock for mentioning the player um, that I end up picking. So we'll see. Maybe um, my house is bugged. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get right into it, though. So hint number one for this week. This player has spent his entire Serie A career with one club. Jeez. Not hint ever. number two. This player came to Serie A from Spain, where he made more than 30 appearances <coughs> for two different clubs while he was there. Hint number three. At some point, he has played with these three players, Roberto Soriano, Luis Alberto, and Carlos Baca. Okay, so, okay. so let's re- repeat Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so hint number one, this player has spent his entire Serie A career with one club. Hint number two, he came to Serie A from Spain, making more than 30 appearances for two different clubs while he was there. And hint number three, at some point he played with these three players, Roberto Soriano, Luis Alberto, and Carlos Baca. Okay, so uh, Baca we know was at Milan, but he could have yeah. played obviously with you know, in Spain. So where was back? It was at Villarreal. No, where was he? In... No, Sevilla. 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 Yeah. Sevilla. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now where was, yeah, where was Soriano? And Sor- Soriano was at Villarreal. Okay. And, and, okay. uh, who's the other one? Luis Alberto is like Lazio only. Lazio. No, but didn't yeah. he play with at Sevilla as well? Isn't that where he came from? That I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, in any case, we want to know what... But odds are, Alberto's only played for yeah, Lazio, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this guy could have played with him, obviously, in, in Spain, though, and that's the trick here. That could... yeah, that's So, true. where's... Sor... Who is it? Soriano? Soriano, Alberto, and Baca. So, where's Soriano played in Italy? Samp. Yeah. And Bologna. Bologna. Okay, so... So our City A teams, because these players have played in Lazio, Samp, Bologna, Milan. Milan. Yes. So where do we, what are we thinking here? And this club, so, okay, so we have to think that this club has played, uh, this, sorry, this player has played in with one club mm-hmm. in Syria. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And, he, and he came from Spain. And he came from Spain. Came from Spain, eh? Uh, how many appearances in Spain? No, hey, sh- we, no, no, we he didn't agree. It was yeah, he, thirty. It was thirty. He made more than thirty for two different clubs. Yeah, yeah. More than thirty for two different clubs. He's only played in one for one Serie A team. <sighs> so remember, we ha- we reserve the right to ask one hint, which. <laughs> That's right. Correct. We should. So and I feel like it's so I was just say we should last week I think, but because again, Chris just wants to stump up, so I feel like he would just say again, band of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this week's hint is better than last week's hint, but that's not hard to do because you didn't really get a bonus last week. Okay, so do we have a specific question we'd like to ask? No, I think the bonus hint, but so I'm just trying to think of 
what player has only played has served a long time on each team that we mentioned. So it was Lazio Bologna. Lazio Bologna. Um, Milan. Milan. Tampdoria. Tampdoria. He's always played with one Serie A club. Okay, let's get the. Okay. Yeah. So this player has not made any appearances for his national team at the senior level. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And he's, Chris, you said he's only played for one Serie A club? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Hear me out. Um, Correa and Lazio. Correa. Because didn't he come from. I don't know. Was it, was no it Sevilla? And wasn't he on Valencia as well? I'm yeah, not sure. really, I don't know. Or very, uh, I can't remember. That, that would be our... That would be our closest. I don't know La Liga yeah. well enough, to be honest. I think it's a Lazio player. The other two that came into mind for me were Caicedo or Patrick, but I don't think it's Patrick. Because I know, I know Korea has not played... Oh, wait a minute, hold on. I could be wrong. Did he play for Samp as well? I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Who did Casado play for in Spain? Casado or Korea? Yeah. Casado. Julian, you know? I have no idea. Like, I genuinely have no idea. Those are the only other two players. It's I can not Casado. I'll tell you that. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. I know Patrick's a Barca youth player, but I don't know if he played anywhere prior to okay. last year. Can we can we take my guess and say Korea? But but sure. didn't you say didn't he play somewhere else? I don't think he was it. Did he? I don't think he came from from Santo. That's the thing. <sighs> did he? Uh, I'd say that. I don't know. So I thought it came from Spain. Did... I don't know. Let's just say Korea. You just want to be wrong, Julian. You want to go. To, <laughs> you want to go to bed. It's nap time for you. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know how. Else I would honestly. I like. I don't remember Patrick playing anywhere else. So I. That's who I would. I know he's only played. For yeah, that's, that's why I would think that. But. But I, I don't. Honestly, I don't, I don't know idea. where he came But from. I don't think he's played a lot in Spain, though. That's the thing. But it it could be. Uh, we've already used up our hint, but like it could have been that he played. Yeah, I but would know. he would he do that to us though? Yes, of course. He, he wants us to lose. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, you said know. where did Soriano play again? He's, he played, I think it was Valencia and Virial. I know he played in Spain for sure. I know Virial's How And how old is he? He is, I want to say 30. So this would have been like... But but when? he's also played in two clubs in, in in Italy, and I know that for a fact. Okay, well, who did? Soriano. Soriano. Okay, well, we already know it's not Soriano, so it doesn't matter. But okay. that was because he was part of the hints. <laughs> Imagine Chris was like, here are your hands, and it, that oh. was the player. Okay, now you're just confusing me, Michael. Uh, okay, I, I think, I don't know, I, I don't think it's Correa. But I, I understand if you guys want to just not 
continue if you're if you think we're taking too much time. Up to you guys. Okay, I, I Michael, I've been right for the past two weeks, so let's let's Ooh. gamble on on my answer. I I honestly, if you're wrong, what what do we do? It's you're it's a gamble I'm here. Just wrong. So. No, no, it needs more. It needs some sort of public humiliation. I think. <laughs> okay, well, be me being wrong, I think it's humiliation enough. Mm, Chris, Ooh, I'll let you guys settle it. I'm, uh, I'm not on your team right now. Uh, j- just Kate, okay, is it Korea or not? It's it, is Korea the the final answer? Fuck. Or is yes. it Patrick? I like honestly. I feel like Julian said that, and I'm like honestly, I don't know. Okay, Korea. If you guys want to do Korea, Korea. Sure. All right. Well, Patrick was a good guess. It's also not Korea. Damn it. Uh, so you guys can start thinking about Paulo's humiliation. The yeah. correct <laughs> Thank you. answer Thank you. is Samu Castilejo. Oh. Damn. Oh. Yeah. God so, damn it. Obviously, yeah, we know his one club is Milan. Um, it was very the other with one. Villarreal and Malaga. Ah, um, and so he played with Soriano at Villarreal. He played with oh, Luis Alberto at Malaga. And then where you guys went down a rabbit hole was, so when you, you started with Carlos Baca, but, and you only, you only um, associated him with Sevilla, but he played and at Villarreal. Villarreal on loan from mm. Milan. Um. Mm. So yeah. So he, Sevilla and Villarreal were Carlos Baca's clubs. So good work. Uh, yeah, but yeah. see, but the thing is, I, I didn't know that. I knew Castillo played for Villarreal, but I didn't know he played for another team in Spain. That's what threw me off. I didn't know he played for Malaga. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, I finally got one over again, you guys. People, about four weeks. We're not. So. Do- and I just looked it up. I knew I wasn't crazy. Caicedo did come from La Liga. He was at Espanyol. Okay. And, and remember, Espanyol. We did not and Malaga and Levante, and we did not look at our phones during during this. All right? Yeah, no, of course. If you do, yeah, then it's uh, like enough. It becomes a lot easier. It's, it's void. <laughs> yeah. <it's> yeah. A... <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah. Well, uh, good job, Chris. And... Okay. So that... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So finally, that's Chris's first win in like what three weeks? Probably, yeah, maybe a month. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good job. Yeah. Chris. Good you job. Stamped us. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Um, and be- your reward is you get to choose Paulo's punishment. <laughs> oh, I, I, I. You don't have to do it right now. Yeah, let me sleep on it. I'm, uh, Are you good I'll, at? I'll... Uh, do you have, do you have a cry, what are they called? Cry cuts, crickets. Uh, you know where you can like make things, make you know decals and stuff. You should make like a a t-shirt that says like one nothing. Benevento. Yeah, I might. Benevento. I'll look into it. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A fun, sexy time for Paulo. The next giveaway we're going to do is just going to be a 1 0 Benevento shirt with That's Paulo's it. face in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, then, is that, hey, is that everything for this episode? Uh, just, just, I'm going to throw in another, like, drop another hint here. Uh, there may be another giveaway this week. Done. Done. Dun. That doesn't really. That's not really promising. Uh, it's a maybe. That's. Is it? Are you saying there is? You're saying that it might be. Exactly. Who knows? Only us will know. Okay, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll know later. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, make sure again if you want any news on uh, that great hint. Um, 
to be following us on our social channels. So uh, on uh, Twitter, we are at Rete This Way, R-E-T-E This Way. And on Instagram, we are at RTW Calcio. Uh, the, the okay. Le, final final thing here. Do we do everyone learn something tonight? What is uh, Julian? What did you learn tonight? Actually, Julian, you go last. You have some time to think. Paulo, you go first. <laughs> um, that ever since the Nations League came into be, uh, Italy actually started taking games against uh lesser nations seriously. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair, I guess. But I, I don't know if that's because of Nations League or if it's just happens to coincide with some uh yeah some ill fortune in other tournaments that have made them shit <laughs> but uh anyways that's fair chris assuming paulo's right i learned azzurini only applies to the under 21 so i'm gonna have to fact check him but assuming he's right that's what i learned tonight <laughs> Listen, that's that's what I've been applied to. If you look at, if you go on Wikipedia, okay, U21s, it says Liad Zurini. So. No, I, I know that. I'm just saying, why can't the under-15s and the under-17s be at Zurini? Because in Italy, uh, they have different terms for uh, like youth squads. Like Different age groups are called different names. We'll see about Let's that. Let's just... Let's just from now on call anything under uh, U21 the Azzurri Bambini. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. Okay, Julian? Um, what did I learn? I don't know. You, you don't learned know. that DiMarco only... Oh, Wait, never... I guess I... Huh? They have... <laughs> DiMarco... What's DiMarco's last name? Okay. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can. Pro- we can probably. Okay. We- I don't think people. Yeah, will we can probably spend anyway. this. We'll see. Oh, she. She. I'm still so excited. I stumped you guys. I went and gave the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we'll uh... see. Wait, lost it. This this will give us great uh, insight on whether or not someone uh, will listen yeah. to us to the end. And actually, let's just give them a hint and say hey if you if you were listening to this <laughs> and you, you guessed it properly <laughs> just just give us a little wink in your answer on twitter do <laughs> give the answer and then give a little wink that's okay listen hey that's amazing that's fantastic um, <laughs> i learned that we do this podcast too late and our brains shut down <laughs> <laughs> at about one o'clock. Yes. So that's PM for uh, me. That's that. PM is <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, okay. Well, with that, um, why don't we why don't we call it a, a pod? And uh, we'll be back. I, I don't actually. I'm not sure if we'll be back next Tuesday, but uh, we'll try to if that's possible for all of us. Because again, we know it's a long, uh, a long weekend. But uh, hey, we'll see. Consistency is important, and we'll see what we can do. Fair? Fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we hope you had a uh, good international break. We hope you continue to have a little bit of a international break here. Maybe go, you know, do some sightseeing on Google, look at some international places like Bulgaria and uh, – who are they playing next? Lithuania? Yep. Yeah, Lithuania. Lithuania, and then and, uh, maybe make a wallpaper out of it. Um because next week we're back with some Serie A soccer, so uh, 
It's going to be exciting. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.